This is Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide and getting shit done. Today's episode is Announce Your Greatness. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you why announcing what you're great at will help propel your life into a new direction. So for me, I have always been my own worst critic. I don't know about you, but I had all these limiting beliefs and self-defeating stories that I had adopted throughout my life. I can go way, way back to some of the first memories I have with my father. First bad memories. There's always good memories, but, you know, we don't ever really share. Unless it's social media, we don't share the good memories, you know. It's weird. Psychologically, we hold on and give so much weight to the bad memories that we don't ever give credit to the good ones. At least that's been my story. So I remember growing up and it, it seemed like no matter what I ever did, it wasn't good enough for my father. Like going back to peewee traveling soccer. Like I wasn't the best soccer player. I was good. I could try out and make a traveling team. I was probably, I was above average, but I wasn't world class. I certainly wasn't going to play for any USA Cup team or anything like that. Like I was just a soccer player, but I was a kid, you know, third grade playing traveling soccer. And in that, when my father would come home, he'd watch the games and he would comment that I'd missed a ball or, you know, I was scared shitless to have to come off the field because I knew there was something that I had messed up that I was going to hear about. And I want to share, of course, he could have told me again, five great things I did. Man, great block, great slide tackle, great whatever. But the only thing I can ever remember him saying are the shots that I missed and the takeaways that I could have had. Like, that's it. And so I had built this story in my head that carried all the way until my early 30s that no matter what I was going to do, it was never going to be good enough. Now, in saying that out loud, good enough for who? Like, I've shared with you before that I wasn't close with my parents after, you know, 14, 15, 16. So it certainly wasn't that I wasn't good enough for them because they had no control over me. They actually had almost no say in my life whatsoever by design. Like, I pushed them away and didn't answer calls, didn't call them, like, name something. That was how I lived my life at that point. But still there was a story that was like this underlying current in my entire life that I just wasn't good enough. But if I wasn't good enough, if it wasn't that I wasn't good enough for my parents, and it really wasn't that I wasn't good enough for my friends because like, we're peers, we're in the same group, then who wasn't I good enough for? I wasn't good enough for myself. You see, these stories that I had told myself of the pain of my adolescence, of the self-defeating talk from my father, these things had went into forming who I was as an adult. And I never made peace with my past. I never got real with the emotions of the situation. I'd never visited, as we referred to it, the pit. I never went to that place of deep, dark despair that we're told to stay away from. You know, that part of your soul where you tell people you hate them and you wish they'd fucking die and If you had the chance, you'd kill them, right? As I'm saying this out loud to you, I bet your stomach is churning. Like those are just words you're not supposed to say. 
Well, society has told us not to say those words. And those are things that make people uncomfortable. And no, I'm not some sort of psychopath. I've certainly been called a sociopath before, but I'm not a psychopath. I don't actually want to kill anybody. I don't actually hate my parents. I don't wish any harm upon anybody. But when you transport yourself back into this pit, into this dark place in your soul, into the painful memories that we're told to shy away from, the only way that I have found or been trained to overcome them is to get extremely real in the moment with what the fuck you're actually feeling. What you're feeling back then. What you felt back then, but you have to almost meditate, close your eyes, and take yourself back to those painful situations and imagine you can scream at the top of your lungs whatever you need to scream at that person. And you just keep going until there's nothing left. There's no more pain, there's no more rawness, there's no more emotion, there's just emptiness. That emptiness ends up being the most freeing feeling in the world because you no longer are carrying around these limiting beliefs. At least I wasn't. When I realized the fact that these old stories no longer had power, number one, that they existed. You can't change something if you don't know it exists. So I start to realize that these old stories existed. Okay, so they're there and I've itemized them. Gosh, I can't believe I've been doing this for so long. Why am I doing it? Well, I'm doing it because, which I hate that word, but I'm doing it because at that point, I'm doing it because my father has made me with the things he'd shared with me with the way that he treated me. Now that's not really true. I'm nobody's, I'm not the product of anybody. I'm in charge of my own thoughts and reality. No one's coming to save me and no one made me who I am. I made me who I am. But in the moment, it's his fault, it's not mine. Great. So once I realize it's somebody else's fault and once I realize a pattern exists, now I can choose to have a pattern interrupt. And that pattern interrupt goes back to that moment where I'm able to scream, shout, yell at the top of my lungs, not physically to my father, although that could be helpful, that I can close my eyes, do it in the silence of my own room or out in nature or wherever it is that I do it, and poof, magically, these old feelings go away. Now, they go away because they no longer hold power from back then, but as I progress forward into today, they're also no longer present. Okay, so all of a sudden I start unwinding, like I went through this process, like this is part of what we did in Wake Up Warrior. And so now that I've gotten through this and I realize there's another path, there's a possibility for greatness over to the right, and I've been stuck in the left lane, well, now I can see the right lane. Like, it was, it was covered by foliage. It was some thick brush. But now I see it. Like, now there's this new path of possibility. So I'm running down the path of possibility. No longer does this old story of I'm not good enough exist. But now, not only is it I'm not good enough, it's that I'm not smart enough, or I'm not fast enough, or I'm not cunning enough, or I'm not good enough at business. And all of these are also stories that have stacked up upon each other over the course of my 31, 32 years on the planet at this point. I'm sharing with you now as a 34-year-old man. So there's been two plus years or so, a little bit, obviously quite a bit less since I went to Warrior Week, but there's a lot more things that have went on in that time period. And so... I realize there's ways to handle these old limiting beliefs and I go back and I attack them. And then here I am today, right? We're present day. See, to me, I truly don't believe that the past really exists, nor does the future. And I say that and it sounds strange to most people to think about it for just a moment if you would. When's the last time you went and visited the past? You can do it mentally in a memory, 
but can you physically leave where you're at now and drive or go see the past? Unless you're, you're, you're Doc Brown with the DeLorean, I haven't seen that happen. Same thing with the future. Like, tomorrow's going to come and we're going to wake up, knock on wood, hope we all do. But tomorrow comes and you wake up, but is it really the future or is it just another moment of today? Because you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, today is the future. You wake up and say, good morning today. So if that's the case, and you eliminate the old stories and beliefs, and you restructure your series of todays, then you can start to determine how you view all of who you are. And that's really what this entire episode is about. See, I realize as you're consuming this content at this moment, at give or take 345 on a Thursday afternoon in August, I, with your help, have the 12th ranked podcast in the country. Number one, that's completely insane to me. Like I'm, I'm truly honored and humbled by the fact that your listening to me has propelled me to the point of being at that level. But let's get real for a second. It's because I've invested time, energy, and effort, and I'm becoming very proficient slash lethal at podcasting. I've surrounded myself with a phenomenal team that executes way above and beyond anything I could ever do. From camera guys in the office managing multiple cameras to a guy that chops up the audio and creates pieces for social media to using every tool and technology piece that we can find to streamline the process to make it as efficient as we possibly can. We have now become tacticians in how to strategically deploy, launch, and execute a podcast on an ongoing basis. It's crazy what happens when you do something for 130 days in a row. You get really good at it. We are not perfect. I sometimes butcher my words on the microphone. I stumble and stammer and clatter around a little bit. But very rarely. I had a gentleman message me before this exact episode. I'm sitting here, not sure what I'm going to talk about. Kurt sitting across from me, managing the cameras right now. And I'm looking, I'm responding to him. He's like, look, I just listened to episode number one through six. Man, I'm addicted. Thank you for putting out all the content. And I have to go back, and I'm not necessarily embarrassed about episode one through six. And if you haven't listened to them, please go back and digest it. Not because I need you to go back and listen, but to see the progression that we've went through. In those first six episodes, there was certainly some sort of vulgarity every five to ten words. Not saying there's anything wrong with a nice shit or fuck being thrown in somewhere. That's part of the way that I speak. But it was the main basis for how I was communicating. There were no impactful pauses. There were no elevation of speech octaves. There was no switching up the cadence and the frequency in which I'm delivering verbal messages. It's just blah. Just go. Just get on the microphone and talk. We had older mics back then that didn't have as high sound quality. I'm not sure we even had the same audio. Actually, I know we didn't. We weren't updating the audio through the same software program we use now. So a third of those episodes might not have even been recorded on a microphone that was attached externally. It might have been attached to the laptop we were recording it on. Like things happen. Like progression happens though. 
because we're always seeking it inside this office. No different than I hope you're seeking progression in your life. But in saying that, I can sit very tall in this chair, somewhat pound my chest and say, I'm fucking great at podcasting. And right now, again, I know a third of you, that makes your stomach churn, right? Because it would have made mine churn. My chest used to get tight. I used to get so nervous because I was afraid to say that I was great at anything. But why? Announcing your greatness isn't bad. It is if I'm boisterous and I'm walking around everywhere in Columbus or every flight I take or every place that I go and I walk into the room. I'm the best podcaster in the world and I'm puffy chested and bouncing around. Yeah, sure. Then I'm a jackass. But when asked right now, if I can help someone deploy a podcast, I know that I can. I know I can teach you from my life experience and my life lessons so that you don't have to follow the same path that I went down, that we can shorten your time down. So instead of me being 130 plus episodes in, maybe you can learn those lessons in 25 episodes, 15, 10 That's part of this announcing your greatness and understanding the gifts that you have and actually owning them for once. See, society says you're not supposed to have an ego, right? Like you're not supposed to pound your chest ever. You're supposed to stay humble. What the, that stuff on social media, humble brag. I'm a humble bragger. What the hell is that? Like I'm not humbly bragging about anything. Some things I'm phenomenal at, podcasting and my relationship with my wife. I know it inside out, left, right, up, down. I will challenge any one of you listening to go toe-to-toe with me and I will come out victorious because I put in the fucking work and I'm going to continue. I'm not resting on my laurels. I'm not sitting back right now and saying like, I got this. I'm not going to have to get any better. Like We're in the process of itemizing how we're going to upgrade all of our video equipment in the office and upgrade our lighting. And then I'm probably going to upgrade the microphones. Then there's new software when I bring on guests that I'm going to get. And all of a sudden, there's another 10 or 15 grand invested into making sure that we are the best at what we do. And sure, it's only been three months, right? Like anybody can be good for three months. Thing is, like I can see four years in the future. Like I see 1460. That's the episode number. 1460. Those of you that aren't so quick at math, that is four straight years of podcasts. Because I love this. But in your life, you also have things and are gifts that you should own that you're great at. The only way it makes you arrogant and egotistical is when you use it to belittle other people. If you spend countless hours in the gym and you have a great body, it's okay to say, I have a great body. You don't have to self-deprecate and then say, but these other people also have a great body. No, you put in the time, energy, and effort. You put in the work. You put in the dedication. You have a good body. Own it. I personally don't think that means take shirtless selfies and post them on Instagram, but it's my personal choice. Same thing as I'm sharing this podcast. Like, I'm great at podcasting. I'm never going to put on social media or or tell anybody in my life, like, I have the best podcast in the world. I'm just fucking really good at this, but I love it. Same thing as I shared with a relationship. I tried everything I could to mess up my relationship with my wife when I first got with her. If you haven't heard some of those stories, go back and listen to her and I's podcast together. I lied. I cheated. I went broke. Name something. Then over time, things started to click where we communicate 15 times throughout the day. We never go to bed angry with one another. Send her letters of appreciation every morning. 
We go on at least one date night a week together. We date as a family. Like there's things that I do actionable every day to make sure that I'm able to say that I'm the best at dating my wife. That I am one of the best husbands. And it's not to compare to somebody else. I just know in my, in my heart I'm, I'm fucking great at it. And what you find is when you start owning your greatness, more greatness starts to follow it. Like, if you're like me, I don't really care about the NBA. Just don't. But I tell you, as a young man, I used to love watching Michael Jordan. He was just different. And this opens up a whole other conversation about who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan. But that conversation doesn't exist to me. It doesn't exist because during that time period, you could watch Michael and you knew something special was going to happen every time. There's just going to be some move he did, some performance he'd put on, some way he would trash talk somebody else. There was something that was happening that he was the greatest. And when he walked out on the court, he knew he was the greatest. You were having to elevate to his level to play the game, not vice versa. He was a leader, the innovator, the structurer, the, the strategic deployer of everything that was NBA basketball when I was a young, young man. Shoe deals didn't exist really before Michael Jordan. And do you remember a shoe before the Jordan came out? I don't. Like think about that. He innovated and he knew he was the best and he owned that he was the best and everybody else had to follow. But when you read a book like Tim Grover's book, Relentless, you realize that he had put in 350 plus days of training a year for a sport that he was already elite at. He earned the right to say he was elite by the actions he was taking every day. And that's what I have to encourage you to do. Not only do you own your greatness, but you're going to have to, at some point, back up that greatness with repetitive action to keep you on that pedestal. So where in your life right now could you announce your greatness to propel your life to new heights? Could it be inside your office? Where if you're like me, I was elite at selling cars. I was afraid to say that I was the best because it didn't feel right, but I just was. I was the best in the dealerships I worked at. Could you own that greatness and then back it up with repetitive action to be better than your greatness already? Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe you truly are a phenomenal boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, partner to who you're with right now. But maybe you could pick up the five languages of love or invest more time or become even more what I'll call lethal in that dating environment. And don't get it twisted. Just because you're married, you still have to date. If you don't date, it's going to fail. Same thing it could be in your body where you've truly become weaponized. Like for me, just about through this boxing challenge I'm going down and I want to get into the Ironman world. And there's a whole new level of training and accountability and things you have to do to be able to compete in an Ironman that I know nothing about. But maybe you do. Maybe you're elite at biking, swimming, and running. I think if you've completed an Ironman and you've done it on your own volition and you didn't have to be drug across the finish line, you're elite at that level of competition. What I found is over and over again in my life, when I finally start to own my greatness in different areas, I'm able to get shit done. <laughs>